0: You know, uh, about 16 years ago, uh, I was not married yet. We were engaged, and my, uh, my wife's dad was going to be turning 50. And so we said, hey, whatever you want, we'll do something for you for your 50th birthday. Just you pick it. And so he said, great. I've always wanted to jump out of an airplane. <laughs> like, except that. Anything you want but that okay fine so we decide we go look into it we find a place where you can go jump out of airplanes in the area so uh it was a free fall tandem jump thing we signed up we got them there we go there that day you know it's the kind where when they when you get there they turn a sheet towards you that basically says you might die sign the sheet so that you admit that you know So then, you know, and your hands shaking a little bit more and, you know, and you're you're like, wow, they're really taking this seriously, you know, the you die thing. So you sign that we get into this room and this guy walks in with a ponytail and hair all the way down his back, you know, pockmarked face. Just you can tell he's like an adrenaline junkie to the core, you know, and he talks with this raspy voice and he's like, I just want to make it clear you might die. Those were his first words. Dude, don't be an encourager in life. Like that's not, you know what I mean? Like that's his thing when he steps up is to tell us you might die. He must've said it like 10 times in the next five ten minutes. You might die. If you want to leave now, go ahead and leave. You might die, you know, over and over again. We get the point. So now he starts going through how you go ahead and you put on this jumpsuit and why you do it. Here's your helmet. What do you need a helmet for? Just thinking things go wrong. At least I got my helmet on. I don't know. I don't know. So whatever. You got your helmet, right? You're doing this jump thing. He shows you how. It's a tandem jump. So you hook up to this other guy, and uh, he's knowing what he's doing. So if you completely flip out, at least he can do the right things and save your life. So we're figuring out what this tandem looks like. It's going to be a 13,500-foot jump, and we've got the altimeters on our wrists. And you're going to free fall all the way down to 5,000. Then you pull the ripcord, the chute goes, and and you coast down, Right. So that's the plan. Okay. And I'm an engineer. So you're thinking through every little thing, like things you've been told 15 times, like you might die. And you know, you're contemplating all these moments. Okay. 5,000. Okay. And every got to keep looking at your altimeter and like, I'm getting it all memorized and I'm kind of looking pale in the face. And John like, this is awesome. You know, <laughs> she's just having a blast. Okay. We get in the plane, we get up to about 10,000 feet personality differences. Now I'm like, I'm sold out. I'm committed. Here we go. I turn back. She's pale as a ghost. <laughs> What have we gotten into? You know, one of those moments. So we get up to about 13,500 feet. The guy is in front of us. You know, we walk up, and we're the person ahead of us jumps. And, you know, the plane's going, I don't know what, 140-some miles an hour this way. And they're falling at 125 miles an hour when they jump out. So it's like, whoosh, they turn to this little blip. You know what I mean? And you're standing there. You see that, and you're like, never mind. Can we, you know? And he moves up to the front, and the wind is blowing through this airplane open door and he's screaming as loud as he can one two and like on three you're supposed to jump you know and he gets to three you could barely hear it and it was more of a on three we didn't jump on three he pushed you know what i'm talking about it's one of those like on three and he just goes and throws us out and you're tumbling and honestly you don't feel your stomach flip or anything You're up so high, I don't know. You don't see the gravity rush, whatever it is. You don't tend to get the stomach flip. We kind of flip around a little bit. He gets it all stabilized, and now the wind is blowing. You're falling at about 125 miles an hour. And as you're plummeting towards the earth, you don't feel it because you're so high up. It really feels like you're flying. You're not. (laughs) But it does feel like it. And as you're coasting, he said, I just want to help you enjoy the ride, so I'm going to turn you towards the sunset as you're plummeting. And so we're plummeting and he rotates us towards the sunset and you can see the sun coming down and setting through the clouds I mean, it was awesome. It was a gorgeous view of flying looking at the sunset seeing the clouds all this stuff And I just got lost in it. I'm like, that's cool And all of a sudden he's whapping me on the head like look at your altimeter, you know So I glance and we've fallen a lot of feet, you know, and i'm like, wow I better start watching more and just within a few seconds. It was time to pull the ripcord and i yanked the ripcord It pulls and all of a sudden it shoots out And we are just coasting with the wind and it goes from to, I mean, you're coasting on the breeze. So there's no wind. There's no noise. He's attached to the back of me and he can whisper. And he just said, dude, was that awesome? (laughs) Like he does it like five, 10 times a day, you know, and every time he's getting pumped and we're in this whisper talk all the way down. It took a couple minutes to just coast down and we land. And as we land, uh, You stand up and you start to take the jumpsuit off and your hand just starts going and then your legs are going and the adrenaline is kicking through your body. Like, do you realize what you just did to yourself? You know, one of those. And you're just, you're you're going like this. And I look at the guy next to me and I'm thinking it's just me, you know, and I'm like this. And the guy next to me is like, I can't even do it. You know, we're all freaking out. Everybody's got the adrenaline rushes going. I won't even tell you some of the rest of the stories going on with it. It just keeps going on and on. But I'll tell you this tandem jump. It Was an unbelievable ride. It was an unbelievable experience. We had a blast doing it Question is What's the tandem ride in Christianity supposed to be like, you know, we're talking about this life with the Holy Spirit It should be such a pump up experience. What is it like? to go on this tandem free fall jump with the Holy Spirit How can we live that freedom? And experience that jump in a way that honors God, in a way that is just experientially the greatest thing you've ever had, and in the end just says, to God be the glory. That's what we're going to be looking at today, Galatians 5, 1 through 15. It's let's live that freedom, that tandem jump. You know, we got the ushers coming forward. They're going to have some Bibles in their hands. We're just going to walk through these verses uh, verse by verse. So if you don't have a Bible, just raise your hands. We'd love to get one to you, okay? Just raise your hands and we'll get a Bible to you. How do we live this freedom in Christ? With the chute on, the parachute, you know what I mean? Not just jumping, but jumping with the whole safety and the protection in place. First, we celebrate our freedom as we stand firm in what made us free. Faith. We celebrate our freedom as we stand firm in what made us free. And that's faith. Okay? Let's just walk through these verses here. Chapter 5, verse 1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Uh, This is kind of one of those where you go, duh. You know what I mean? Christ set us free to be able to experience freedom on a regular basis he did not set us free to experience slavery bondage caught up in the muck of sin and not able to get out that that's not what it's about so as he set us free with a purpose for freedom may we keep that in mind recognize it and live it paul's challenge was stand firm don't be moved do not be moved it is about you and your faith and nothing else Galatians 5 1 is basically a summary of the last two and a half chapters It's a summary of chapters three and four where he was over and over beating on the it's not about salvation through some works thing It is about faith and faith alone Grip it Know it It's your parachute on this tandem jump That's the one thing That saves faith faith As we go on this tandem jump, make sure you embrace and stand firm with that. You know, he goes on a little bit here. He says, look, you got to love it when Paul starts out that way. Look, I mean, he's beginning to make some points, right? Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. No advantage. Is that heresy? Christ is of no advantage. What are you saying, Paul? I think what he's saying is this very clearly if you're not trusting in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior If you've never leaned on him and said, please use your shed blood to replace what I owe if you haven't gone there There is no salvation. There is no life in him. There is no knowing him So that's on the one hand. Have you even trusted in Christ if no big problem on the other side, maybe you have trusted in Christ Maybe you have a walk with God going on this Holy Spirit life in you question How much are you really going to grow? If what you're grasping onto is a works-based self-managed legalistic approach to life none There is no advantage To trying to muscle it yourself whether it be before salvation or after there is no advantage to just muscling it That's what he's saying He's saying, please stop trying to do it in the legalistic world of self. It's time to lean on him, faith in him, the Holy Spirit coming alive in us and working in us. We even saw it in Galatians 3, the sanctification process itself. As we are changed, it's about the spirit at work in us, not about us just muscling it. There is no advantage to trying to lift the law up, whether before or after. It's faith in him. He says I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law If you're going to go down this circumcision path and remember that was the struggle going on in galatians We had this group of judaizers who were teaching. Yeah, once saved that's great But you better start leaning towards the law or you know, you're not in a good spot the salvation comes through adding circumcision And he said you better know this if you're going to add these other things of the law you add the whole law If it's saved by the law, it's by the whole of the law. You don't hand select pieces, add it all or get rid of it all. And I got news for you. It doesn't save and following it doesn't save. The law isn't wrong. Perfect law of liberty, right? James talks about that. The problem is the law just shows our heart as coming up short. And that's its one purpose to deliver us up as a guardian right to the threshold of Christ's almighty cross and say you need him welcome to the law don't try to live by it to be saved just let it teach you that you need him he says in verse 4 you are severed from christ you who would be justified by the law and have fallen away from grace does that sound like they're losing their salvation we have to be really careful i mean is that what scripture's teaching we have other verses that clearly say there's nothing that's going to separate us from christ from the love of christ we we've got scriptures that teach that when we're in the hand of god he's holding on tight and there's no no loss So what could he be saying here? Well, I'll tell you this. One big challenge he's giving him is, are you sure you were ever here by grace? Or have you always been trying to do it yourself? I'm thinking you've lost it. You missed the main point. It's about salvation by faith through grace. That not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works. Otherwise you could boast. That's what he's trying to say. Welcome to Ephesians 2 8 9 in other words Be careful guys You're dropping the grace and making it about you again That's not what it's about As we look to go after this tandem jump with the holy spirit this walk with christ May we constantly grip onto the one parachute That is the saving moment faith 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 That's what he's saying He says, verse five, for through the spirit by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. You see, Paul really is emphasizing the word hope here. Here's what he's saying. You don't have righteousness here and now. You're not developing it to a level where you're perfect. The righteousness is not yours. The righteousness is Christ's. And you will be clothed with his righteousness. You are going to be delivered up to a moment where there is going to be unbelievable perfection. Not only in you, but yes, in those around you. Yes, all of us. As we look around and we go, that one too? All of us. Me too? All of us. We are all going to be delivered up through the power of Jesus Christ. Those of us who trust in him, lean on him, have faith in him, delivered up righteous by his work, by his delivery. Hope in the righteousness that's to come. He's going to deliver you and me perfect before his throne. Right now he's saying, look, you're judicially forgiven. The sin in your life it's not being held against you, but we're still sinning each day and making mistakes in different ways, judicially removed, but relationally, experientially, we're still walking in the muck and we're trying to get rid of it each day. That's sanctification. We're trying to go through a process of that being removed. The Holy Spirit teaching us, shaping us the fruit of the spirit, which we're going to see next week. It's about him at work in you and me. Righteousness. It's coming. It's coming through his work in you. We have hope in the work of the almighty and his promise. He says in verse six, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. It's not about what you've done, how much law you're following, how good you are. It's about, are you trusting in Jesus Christ and his shed blood? Are you asking for replacement payment his blood for what you owe you're coming up short him saying I forgive The payments hanging right here. Just accept it That's what it is faith You leaning on him for forgiveness stand firm Do not be moved It is faith and faith alone Jesus and is no Jesus at all. Are you hearing me? Jesus and something else means Jesus wasn't enough. That's no Jesus at all. It's Jesus alone. It's faith in him and his shed blood. Are you leaning on him with all you've got? I wrote down a couple definitions here of faith. Your parachute. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Awesome definition of faith. It's an assurance of things hoped for. It's a conviction of things not seen. Let that settle. An assurance of things hoped for. Like righteousness, Paul just got done talking about. Like a life with him for all eternity. An assurance of things hoped for. A conviction, even though you can't see it. Faith. That's Hebrews 11.1. James MacDonald collected a few pieces together of faith throughout scriptures, and he put them together like this. Faith is believing the word of God and acting on it, no matter how I feel, believing that God will bring a good result. That's a good definition. Faith is believing the word of God and acting on it, no matter how I feel, believing that God will bring a good result. Are you in a spot where you are being challenged with a big decision? Go to the word. Let the Word speak. Find what God is saying about it. Make decisions based on it. Don't worry about how you feel. Do what it says. God leading you through His Word. Faith is believing the Word of God and acting on it no matter how you feel. No matter how I feel. May we stand up and just say, God, I'm going. I'm doing what you're asking me to do and I'm trusting you to bring good through this Romans chapter 8 verses 28 to 30, right? All things work together for good to them that love God to them that are the called according to his purpose May we lean on him. May we trust in him. May we have faith in him. May we just say God work in me I'm standing firm trusting you That's the first thing If we're going to celebrate this tandem jump if we're going to experience living freedom We need to make sure first that we celebrate By standing on the parachute, the one thing that saves. You know, that's the thing that before you go and jump out of an airplane, gets checked like 15 times over. It's made sure it's solid, airtight, right? The chute, our faith. Stand firm on it, nothing else. It's not Jesus and, it's Jesus only. Trust in him. Okay. Second, we may be celebrating through faith, but we need to protect our freedom as we choose who influences us. Protect as you choose who influences you friends. The first one is faith. The second one is friends You will be influenced by who you hang out with. It's that simple Who you think like who you talk like those are the people you spend time with whether you like it or not The more you spend time with people the more you're going to act like them think like them behave like them Even prioritize how they prioritize. Here's what paul says verse 7 You were running well Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Past tense, right? You were running. Well, it's not happening now. What happened? Who? Who got to you and is pulling you off course? That's what I want to know. That's what Paul's saying. He goes on a little bit here. Verse 8. This persuasion is not from him who calls you. Persuasion. I looked it up. So here's a webster's definition of our common english word persuasion to persuade it means to move by argument action or urging to move someone by argument action or urging This persuasion you're experiencing this thing of getting off of faith and starting to make it about you Yeah, that ain't coming from jesus. I'm just telling you that right now That's what paul's saying Come on, man. This is about somebody getting in your life and getting in your head. And they're using arguments and they're using push and they're using their relationship to pull you to something that is not about Jesus only. It's about Jesus and. You're going to have to get away from them. Question. Do you have anybody like that in your life? Somebody who's pulling you the wrong direction? Somebody who's distracting you towards things you shouldn't be in? Getting you to think the wrong way Don't get me wrong We need to be willing to reach out to those who don't understand the scriptures and aren't living correctly We need to make sure we've got friendships and relationships But the difference is are you leaning into them and relying upon them to give you direction and guidance or are you giving to them? Are you providing a stronghold in your life a a position where you're living the way god wants you to? And they're able to look at it see it and be amazed by it and be changed Or are you coming in and looking for them to give you strength and they're giving you poor advice, poor counsel, and they're leading you away? It is about relationship with the world, but very careful relationship where you don't go down. Be careful. Are you being persuaded by friendships that you shouldn't be having? They have too much speak into your life. Maybe it's too much time each week. Maybe it's the places you're having the time, and they're just able to influence in ways they shouldn't. We really have to be careful with it he goes on he says here verse 9 a little leaven leavens the whole lump I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view than mine and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty whoever he is a little leaven leavens the whole lump leaven like yeast what you use to put into bread to make it rise he says it doesn't take much of that and that thing starts rising well why did he use that analogy because we are talking about a Jewish community, right? Let's think about how they how they went about living this life of unleavened bread. Where did they get that from? Right, It comes back to the time of Egypt when they were getting ready to go out from the Passover and they couldn't go ahead and just do the bread the way they normally would with yeast and all and let it rise because there wasn't time. There was going to be a moment where they had to be ready to just drop and go. So make the bread without yeast. Don't worry about it rising. Just get something edible and get ready to leave. The Passover that's where the Jews came up with the unleavened bread element It was a representation of the Passover time frame as they looked back Paul's saying unleavened bread and yeast. Remember how we pull that leaven out. Let me tell you It doesn't take much of a wrong persuasion in your life And you're getting persuaded the wrong way That's what he's saying Persuasion it's a lot like yeast or leaven it Doesn't take much and you can be pulled off course Be careful of who you're hanging with, how you're hanging with them, what input they have into your life. He says, verse 11, But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? You tie this together with the one before it. He's saying, look, God punishes. He will go about bringing about what should happen to the people that are leading you astray. And I'm telling you this, if I'm in the wrong, it'll come to me. He says specifically here, you know, if those judaizers were really in agreement with me, why am I being persecuted by them? You guys need to understand. I don't agree with them I do stand in opposition to them. I am being persecuted by them. Do not buy the junk that somebody's teaching you that oh paul believes this If I believed it, why am I being persecuted by him? I'm not in alignment. You need to know that Pressure is coming on me too But it's the right place for you to stand That's what paul's saying He says, in that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Okay. Paul is uh, a fiery guy. I mean, let's be honest. He's talking about a situation. He's talking about circumcision and the misuse of this method of following the law. And he's saying, hey, if you're going to do this, why don't you just go the whole way for crying out loud? I mean, it's a little graphic, Paul. What are you trying to say? He's really trying to say this. Watch out. Once you've gotten into messing with faith and faith alone, you are messing with the core of who Jesus Christ is and how he interacts with us. This is serious stuff. That's what he's saying. This is a big deal. It's not that they disagree with me that bothers me. It's that they're against the Almighty and faith in the Almighty and it bothers me. It isn't right. It needs to change. And it needs to change fast. Paul's challenge, yeah, it's faith. But it's also about friendship. You want to live this tandem jump of freedom in the highest levels? You need to make sure that you are living in a way that your friends are lifting you up. You need to make sure you're lifting them up. You know, I wrote down here, Four ways that we can end up being leaven accidentally to those around us. First, we might add to or ignore the scripture. You might add to or ignore the scripture. Have you ever tried to be talking to somebody and you try to give them a really logical reason to do something, but you've never looked at the Bible itself as to what you should do? And what you're saying makes good sense to you? Gut feel wise, it seems right. So you've just given it like it's unbelievable counsel, but you haven't looked at the word. Be careful, be very careful. Make sure you're going to the Word and reflecting on what God wants in situations. Make sure you're leading people to Scripture and letting the Scripture talk for them, not just giving them advice as to what you'd do if you were them, in quotes. It's a good way to become leaven real quickly. How? Because you can ask people to start leaning on you. You know, they're going around and they're saying, I don't know what the Bible says, but I can tell you what uh, Jonah says to do. She told me to do this. Is that what we want? Where we're following people, or are we following God in His Scripture? Let's make sure our advice and counsel directs people back to the Word. Otherwise, we can be really, really dangerous in how we lead. And then two, three, and four on these easy ways to be leavened, they are pretty easy words: critical, fearful, or grumbling. It's easy to come into a relationship with somebody and bring them down. How? Criticizing them criticizing the place criticizing where they're at what's going on in life Just them hearing a bunch of negativity fear. I have no idea what god's doing. I don't know where he's going I'm, not sure what's happening here. I'm not sure what they're thinking I'm, not the critical the fear all those pieces coming together can drag you down and you can drag someone else down Critical fearful or grumbling Those three added together with i'm not even looking at scripture. Wow That's a recipe for some leaven Be careful. How are you interacting with those around you? Are you lifting them up and lifting the situation up? Or are you bringing it down? We have to make sure that our faith, we have to make sure that our friends, we have to make sure that our friendship with others is God honoring. That this tandem jump is an unbelievable experience because we are saying, may God's character be reflected in the words on my lips. And we already know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So don't go home and just start trying to control your lips. This is about a heart change. If we're really getting after the negativity all over the place, if we're really ripping people up, if we're constantly giving advice and it isn't even from scripture, we better be careful. There's something going on in the heart that we really need to say, Lord, what needs to be changed today? I said this yesterday, you know, we got together with our leaders. Uh, we had a little bit over 100 leaders that uh, came together uh, just for a time of challenge, a time of talk and explaining a little bit of what's going on in the church and then some time of training in their various ministries. And one of the pieces that I challenged them with is remember that as we go into living a life for Christ, it's very easy for us to live a distracted life if we're not focused. Make sure you take that focused attempt. To living life focus meaning what it's about change Are you changing? Am I changing if i'm not i'm missing the point because tomorrow? I am supposed to look more like christ than today. So question Are you wrestling with anything changing in your life? Think about it for a second Are you wrestling with changing some things in your character? If the answer is no, you need to start listening up because the holy spirit's whispering It's time for some change I don't know what yours is I can tell you what mine are and we got some things we need to be working on God at work in me Welcome to the Christian walk So if we've got a no list thing We're talking too much about self and we're not listening to the Holy Spirit who's whispering to us about times of change Our friends Can be a great distraction the noise of what we get involved in can lead us away How do we go about this freedom living this tandem jump of just passion It's first of all make sure your faith is on fire and stand firm in it It's second of all make sure your friendships are lifting you up and that you're lifting them up Make sure that it is hugely Encouraging both you encouraging them and them encouraging you and go after it. Okay and third We exercise our freedom As we love and serve one another We exercise our freedom As we love and serve one another Paul says here starting verse 13 for you were called to freedom brothers Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh Again, he uses that word brothers this relational this warm this familial come on. We've got relationship It is about us together banding together and going after god almighty. Come on guys. You experienced the freedom Now live it He says you were called to freedom He's hitting on a very key point God at work in you With purpose and plan in you He hooked on to you in this tandem jump and he said we're going on the count of three And he's going with you on the count of three with purpose in mind It's growth. It's change It's experience He says only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh But through love serve one another opportunity for the flesh This would be a great place to throw that definition of the world in again. Remember the what feels good, what looks good, what shows me off. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. What feels good, what looks good, what shows me off. The reality is that you are often being challenged by the flesh. Whether it be the world around you, what's inside of you, or friends with you, you're going to constantly have the whispers of, just go after what looks good. Just go after what feels good. Come on, that's going to show you off well. Go after it. The world. That's the challenge, to keep those screams dulled out so you can hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit directing you. He says here, not to go after the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love. Here's the best way to say it. God is love. God is love. So through love means you better start with knowing who God is and having a relationship with him. This isn't some tactical statement of action. This is know who is love and be changed by him. God is love. I have relationship with him. I am moved by him. I'm changed by him. I'm learning from scripture. I'm hearing what he has to say. I'm praying. I'm realizing there's another thing I got to work on. All right, Lord, help me to figure out what's at the root of this. What in my heart needs to be adjusted? God, where do you want to move? What do you want to shape? God. Who is working in us is love And as we rely on him and as we lean on him him who is love pouring into us Now we can model his character out into those around us And all of a sudden love is one of our key actions that we start sharing with others He says here The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself The great commandment being restated right Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. May you reach up and may you reach out. May you know the Almighty. May he shape your heart and life and passions and vision and may that pour out into those around you. Love one another. This is not a call to action. This is a call to heart that then begets action. That's where it's at. Lord, shape me from the inside out. Lord, make me more like you. You are amazing. Your grace is amazing. Your shaping of me, your love for me, your forgiveness of me, your life with me, amazing. May I lift you up, God Almighty. Thank you for your love. Thank you for what you offer me. May I just pour that out to others. Verse 15. Says but if you bite and devour one another watch out that you are not consumed by one another He just stays with one metaphor right bite and devour That's like if you're chewing on each other. The next step is swallowing each other Consume right? He's just staying with a metaphor. Come on guys. Be careful. You're hurting one another Stop it. The next step would just be full consumption. You're gone How about you just turn around and instead love one another Get to know who god is Work with him. Relate to him. Find his character. And find him ever fulfilling. You know, there was a man who did not believe in Jesus Christ. He didn't really understand this idea of faith in him. That sounded ludicrous. And he had some neighbors who kept telling him about Christ. And uh, he basically lived in a mode of Oh great, there they are and he would walk away His wife got cancer And it was in late stages when it was found So she had about three to four months to live And he lived in complete denial the whole time Didn't want to talk about it didn't want to talk through things And uh, she ended up passing away They had some tough talks at the end about who christ was and what was going on and he just didn't want to hear any of it After she had passed away That day, he went out to go for a walk just to try to clear his mind in total grieving mode, complete shock. And as he's walking and as he's thinking, that neighbor sees him going out. And the neighbor, who is a believer, goes out, goes over, just says, I know you're going through a tough time. I've got no words. just want you to know I'm here for you. The guy said, well, thanks. I'm just going to go for a walk. And he kept walking. The neighbor walked with him. Didn't say a word, just walked with him. They walked till four in the morning. They stood. Sometimes he just gave him some distance as he was sobbing. He just backed off a little bit. Sometimes he moved in, put his arm around him, but he didn't say a word. About four or five in the morning, he said, you know, if you want, we can go get some breakfast. It's on me. The guy said, yeah, I probably should get something. They stopped at a little diner right there to get some food. And afterwards he took him home and dropped him off and let him go. That man wrote a letter to the church that he is now a part of. And it says this, I was in total despair. I had no idea what to do or which way to go. My plan was to go for a long walk that night and try to just process. But a neighbor came out and decided to stay with me. He was quiet and he had no answers, but he stayed with. He stayed with me for hour upon hour. And all I could think was, I can't imagine who the God is you know. I want to know the offer to walk with them to hurt with them to just be there with them to love one another not to show how much we know not to give a quick word or piece of advice but to say I'm just here to hurt with you I'm just here to help build you up what would you like done How can I be a part? In that moment, this man's life changed for all eternity. He accepted Jesus Christ as a savior because he saw the love of Christ in him. A man who knew God so closely that God's love mirrored through him. A man that knew the amazing grace of our God Almighty. And he simply let it work through him to touch the life of another. Are you ready? Are you ready? To let God's amazing grace work through you Are you ready to take this tandem jump leap with the holy spirit where each and every day he says we've got a plan A plan for you to grow a plan for you to change. You're gonna look more like me by the end of tomorrow I'm telling you that's the plan. But more than that Are you ready to be used to touch a life next to you? Are you ready to reflect who I am in this world? To god be the glory Are you ready to love others? because of how much he loves you. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That's what it's about. Loving the Lord your God with all you've got and then letting him show you who you might reach out to and love next to you. To God be the glory. When we talk about freedom, and that's a big word, when we talk about freedom, it doesn't mean free to do whatever you want. Sin, whatever. That's not what it means. It means free to do exactly what you've been designed to do. It means released from every shackle you've ever had holding you back. It means it's time for you to experience this afternoon, if never before, that experience of being thrown out of an airplane on a count of three. It's time to experience life with Christ. An amazing freedom ride. Where you see him shaping you and changing you and moving you and giving you the privilege to work with those next to you Are you ready? To experience freedom in christ That's the question or Are you ready to stay shackled down to the junk of the prior life? Are you ready? To leap out And trust in him with all you've got To be moved And to see others moved It's time for us to celebrate the amazing grace of our Father and go after freedom, freedom in Christ. Let's pray.